This episode of the Kutu Muay Thai Podcast is brought to you by PMTLifestyle.com, authentic Muay Thai lifestyle by Kutu. Definitely go check out the website at PMTLifestyle.com for some awesome lifestyle merchandise that's for those of you out there either involved in Muay Thai, looking at getting involved in Muay Thai, and embrace a healthier lifestyle to live the life of Nak Muay. Go check it out. Swadikop, welcome to this episode of the Kutu Muay Thai Podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 6th. All right, so we are in the last month of 2023 here at the Pu'u Muay Thai Podcast. What a year it has been, right? There's a lot of things to celebrate here at Pu'u Muay Thai and around the Muay Thai world as well. I'm also live over on TikTok as well. Uh, Shout out to all the Pu'u Muay Thai TikTok followers, as well as the Muay Thai community Discord server. Um, have people from all over the world that find us either through TikTok, just from Spotify, Apple iTunes, they're scrolling through TikTok. So um, just want to give a shout out to all of you that have been following Pu'u Muay Thai. We've had insane guests this year. We've had Janet Todd. We've had uh, Stan Fairtex. We have Matt Lucas. Um, some great coaches and stuff like that too on the Pu'u Muay Thai podcast. Um, a lot of guests that have been on here throughout the past year. So uh, I'm really looking forward to 2024 as some great guests that are lined up. Um, kind of update on what I've been up to this past weekend. I worked the U.S. Muay Thai Open Tournament uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona. They got a new venue. Shout out to Tiago, who's been on the podcast before. as one of the promoters for the U.S. Muay Thai Open. Uh, they now do eSports, so they also have... Uh, Super Smash Brothers, right? If you are an esports person, they have Super Smash Brothers at the U.S. Open. And they're also doing Pickleball, all right? So Pickleball is a great one to see a lot of growth in Muay Thai and uh, this event that they're doing. They have a brand new venue in Scottsdale, Arizona. Last Earlier this year, they did it in Mesa the year before and many years before that. It had been in the same place in Phoenix nearby the airport. Uh, I will say this first, I much prefer this new venue. It's way nicer. It's perfect for families to come out to to walk around. You don't have to feel fear for your safety. Uh, being around Scottsdale, where the hotel's at, is at the Embassy Suites Resort. Um, and Tiago was, uh, last time he was on the podcast here, he was talking about how there was actually a secret, and that secret was the esports, all right? So having esports, it is Super Smash Brothers tournament on top of the U.S. Muay Thai Open. There was also a professional pro-am fight card that sat on top of the event at the same venue. Uh, they had a great setup, so they had two rings set up, and what they did is they had like a false wall that pushed into the back. They had a full-size boxing ring set up back there for the Samurai Soul event, uh, Fabiano Aoki, uh, former heavyweight champion of the world in WBC Muay Thai uh, from Brazil, but he's now based in Surprise, Arizona, which is here in the Phoenix Valley. Seeing him, uh, you know, now he's stepped up in the promotion, and I've talked about it here before. Uh, but just great stuff to see from uh, the Muay Thai community and see this big event sit on top of it. So one of the events, one of the fights that were on that card was one of the biggest fights in North America to make. It was Nick Chastain versus Peter Stanonik from Texas. Uh, Nick Chastain being from Scottsdale, Arizona. 
out here in Phoenix, and Peter coming from Texas, all right? Uh, training out of Ambush Muay Thai San Antonio, I believe. Great, great setup um, for a pro fight card, all right? Um, the fight ended with uh, Chastain getting knocked out. So uh, it was supposed to be for the WBC Muay Thai, um, I believe the... It's not, it's not a, uh, no, super welterweight, all right? It's supposed to be the super welterweight national championship. Uh, Peter, unfortunately, came in seven pounds over. So uh, Nick still took on the fight. Um, and it turned into a, a real big banger. And I see people here over on Discord. Uh, no more to fight like watching Boakow and Sanchai old fights. Or, you know, Cloyd over there on TikTok seeing Boakow and Sanchai fight bare knuckle. I don't know if you saw that one. Did you see that one, man? We talked about it a bit here on uh, the podcast as well. Uh, if you didn't know that, but yeah, Bokal and Sanchai fought bare knuckle Muay Thai. It was pretty dope. Uh, and they and they fought 100%. <clears throat> so going back on to Chastain and, and Peter. So Peter, uh, Chastain still took the fight. You know, first time fighting pro in uh, Arizona. He's been traveling around the world fighting and stuff. So I took the opportunity to fight in his hometown. Uh, he came up. He got knocked out in the second round by Peter. Uh, punches up against the ropes. It was probably one of the more gnarlier knockouts I have seen in person. Um, and the ringside doctor and the commission there too had also said this as well. Um, you know, I was working with the commission for this event and uh, I rested a pro fight right before, and uh, which was also a banger as well. And kind of will give me some premise onto this. But um, I got an update from Chastine's camp and they are okay, or like Nick Chessine's okay. He did go to the hospital because um, he was out for about four minutes uh, on the campus. It was pretty nasty knockout. He's all cut up, uh, but he's recovering. He's got a um, had a really bad uh, concussion, is what that comes down to. So you have to treat it. Uh, you do, you can't see the injury over time, right? Because it's your brain. So they're monitoring him. He's back home and everything like that too. Shout out to the Chessine camp. Hope you guys heal up. And congratulations to Peter on a knockout performance. Um, you know, with that said, it was a great overall event. What's up? I saw the Discord notification. What's up, Sam Holden? Sam, I am definitely going to be out there in uh, Colorado for that tournament. Just so you know, I'll see you out there, man. We got to jump. We got to get you on here. Um, going into, uh, I was just talking about the fights this past weekend at the U.S. Uh, Muay Thai Open, uh, where they had the Samurai Soul event as well. But uh, like I said, that was the biggest fight to happen in North America for the men's division. So uh, where the last one I worked at was probably the biggest women's fight, which was um, Charles Mayna versus Tierra Brandt. That one was in Hammond, Indiana. Most traveling all over the place. And uh, Sam, I see you said he saw the highlights of the USMTO. That's awesome, man. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff that was going on. Uh, our team had somebody, of course, I, I'm not, I recuse myself. I don't work at with anybody uh, at the tournament or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm always very careful about that stuff. Someone from the Putin Muay Thai team, Zachary Flores. Congratulations, Zachary, and crew Ed, the chief instructor over at Putu Muay Thai in Ventura, uh, for your knockout victory by knees, winning by knee knockout in the first round of your championship fight. So he fought twice. Uh, first round, got a unanimous decision win. Second fight, he got dropped. He was... I think he was winning the first round, got dropped in the second. He came back, won the third uh, with uh, some knees to the body. So uh, shout out to him. He was able to seal the deal. And shout out to uh, Ventura City Council for giving him love, inviting him in 
to recognize his achievements and to recognize our academy's achievements over the past decade uh, serving the city of Ventura. All right, so it's great to get some of that love uh, from the local community. Uh, like they're going out there and representing Ventura. We've been doing that for a decade now around the world, um, and it's something that means a lot to us. And we really do our best to represent well, uh, no matter what capacity, ring official, coaching, fighter, whatever it may be. So going into that too, uh, with, with the whole fight event and everything, one of the things I want to talk about is the difference between professional and amateur Muay Thai. All right, particularly here in the United States and uh, in general too, but I want to preframe this a little bit. Every state in the United States is regulated differently, right? Some states regulate amateur Muay Thai. What I mean by regulate is each state has what's called a boxing commission, all right? Not every state has one because there's not activity, whatever it may be. The boxing commission is the one that does rules and regulations that are in statute, like written down. You go to justia.com, like where you look up all the legalese stuff. They have Muay Thai rules for those states there, or they have boxing rules, right? Some of them only regulate boxing. They don't regulate Muay Thai, right? So you can almost get away with doing whatever you want in some of those states, all right? But the ones, the states that have the most activity are the ones that end up getting regulation because the state sees the opportunity to make some money. So they want to come in and start supporting and having that uh, higher level of regulation, which ultimately is supposed to make the sport safer, right? Um, so California, uh, Arizona, uh, Texas, New York, Philadelphia, you know, or Pennsylvania, sorry. Um, these, these other states that have more activity for Muay Thai and now Hawaii as well. Um, and I believe in Washington too for pro uh, amateur, they do not regulate. So it depends on where you're at. So when I'm talking about this, you have to look up and do research for yourself on where you are at. If you are in the United States, if you're in another country, like uh, if you're in South America, Central America, chances are you are self-regulated. Self-regulated means you just have a sanctioning organization, right? Like WBC, like IFMA, like WMC, IKF, ISKA, WKA, these organizations, okay? But with Muay Thai uh, here in the U.S., you have those same organizations, but they usually work alongside of or under a boxing commission, all right? So what that means is if the boxing commission has a law, all right, it's in statute that counteracts the organization's rule, the law of the land always supersedes the law of the organization or the bylaw, I guess you could say, because it's not a law, right? Or the rules and regulations. So this is why you get different things that happen. For example, here in the state of Arizona, if an amateur fighter has a cut, the fight is over. No matter what, if it's cut and you're bleeding, they stop the fight because they believe that these fighters should, one, be getting paid. Two, insurance in the United States really sucks, right? Um, even though they have event insurance, the deductible in that. A deductible means that they have to pay this amount of money until they actually get insurance coverage. The deductible typically is around $800, $850, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on the promotion and the state, what the minimum is. And that's considering if the promoter even got the insurance, right? Uh, most states that have a boxing commission will require a promoter or an event to have this. You, of course, want to check in on this as well because you don't want to get caught without having insurance, right? So 
$150 until you're covered, right? So if you have stitches and they cost 500 bucks, you're out of pocket 500 bucks and they're not covering anything, right? So, but let's say that you broke your arm, uh, your bill is now 8,000, hey, you pay 850 bucks and the rest is covered by the insurance, right? But that's the reason why they do that. Um, for me, I can get behind it because I feel like the, some of these fights, they should be getting paid, especially if they're getting a cut and they're getting torn up like that, right? Um, it puts them out from training, it puts them out from being able to continue to compete. So if you can minimize that cut, cool, that way they can heal up faster, they can get back to competition faster. Uh, some other states are like this as well. Um, for a pro, right, for professional fighters, a cut doesn't necessarily stop a fight. Depends on the severity of the cut, where it's at on the face, how deep it is, things of that nature. Like if you get a deep cut somewhere between the eyes, like around the bridge of the nose, it's really deep. You have nerves that run through there. So that's very dangerous. They will typically stop a fight if it's very deep in between there. Or if you get a big laceration above the eye and there's blood coming into the eye, they'll have that kind of thing uh, stop the fight from happening, right? What will happen is the referee will call time. They bring them over to the doctor to look at them. Right. The referee makes that call when it's time for the doctor to come look at it. All right. So we all receive training on how to spot when a cut could be potentially bad. All right. Just something for you guys to keep in mind. Um, but of course, if a referee thinks that you've taken enough damage, they can just stop it too. All right. So professional and amateur. doesn't matter. The referee's there for uh, your safety. That goes into my next subject uh, for amateur they have what's called standing eight counts. Standing eight counts is if you're being overwhelmed, you're not defending yourself, the referee can call down or signal for the other person to go to the neutral corner and begin counting an eight count. This is to give you a chance to recover, all right? An amateur is very important, or if there's a flash knockdown, you get hit and you get wobbled, and they can count you then when that happens, all right? This is to save the amateur fighter, give him a chance to recover, prevent uh, further damage done to the brain, stuff like that, and see if there's actually more of that happened there than uh, what we just saw from the initial blow. With, uh, and that will affect the scorecard, right? With professional, there is no, in most states, I'll say it depends on the organization, there is no standing eight count. So if a fighter gets wobbled, the thing is a professional fighter should have the skills and tools necessary to be able to recover on their feet and on the go. That is what is the, the thought process behind that, okay? Um, with that too, a lot of people, they're used to seeing amateur and they're not used to seeing pro. So when they see like a, someone like, hey, they should be getting counted, hey, they can also take a knee. If they take a knee to the canvas and make themselves intentionally down, then you can issue an eight count, right? And I've seen people say like, hey, if, if a fighter's really rock, should they take just like a, uh, should they take a knee rather than getting knocked out or TKO'd? And, you know, maybe that is, maybe that is the answer for some people, right? It depends on the situation and what your coach trains you on doing and what, what the response is for it and how it's going to be seen. There's, there's so much that goes into it, right? So the other thing that's to consider on it too is what we call flash knockdowns. I, I referenced it for the amateurs as well. Flash knockdown is when someone gets hit, let's say they go down, they come back up right away before you can issue a count and they're fine, right? So this can be considered a flash knockdown. A flash knockdown is not counted as a knockdown in professional rules Muay Thai in most organizations in most states for pro, okay? I have heard talks about this changing potentially because if somebody gets flash knockdown, right, they are still wobbled. 
But like I said, they should have the skills to be able to um, recover from that. And the other person should be able to finish them or have the chance to finish them since they caught them, right? Uh, I think it's very important for people to understand what that flash knockdown is too, all right? Because I don't, you know, it, I, I've seen fights, I saw fights this weekend for pro where the fights, there was a flash knockdown. People ask, how, how come they didn't count them? Because there's no flash knockdown. So whatever state you're going to, organization, tournament around the world, if you are a coach, if you are somebody who works with a, as a coach, who's somebody who has your coach's ear and you know they're traveling, ask them, hey, did you guys read the rules for the tournament? Because chances are they don't. And I see a lot of coaches that don't show up to the rules meetings as well as a referee and they're the first ones to typically complain about some of the rules. But uh, the rules are very important. I uh, see flying dom, no elbows and knees allowed, right? So for, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about amateur Muay Thai flying dom. So for amateur Muay Thai, that's the other thing in there. That is a great question. Amateur Muay Thai as well, they'll allow elbows with an elbow pad because they don't want them to get cut. And typically in most places for amateurs, they do not allow knees to the head unless it's like an A-class tournament or a place where it's allowed. They'll use elbow pads. 12 to 6 elbow is allowed in some states. In the state of Arizona, it is allowed. And I believe in the state of Texas, it is too. So it uh, depends on where you're at. And I believe it's going to be legal in the state of New Mexico as well. All right. Uh, with knees, knees to the face are illegal for amateur Muay Thai in most places, right? But if a fighter ducks his head down and bobs and weaves because they don't know about Muay Thai and they bob into a straight knee, that's on them, all right? Uh, same thing I've seen people when they get kneed, right? They're pulling for the knee and they're ducking their head out. And their face hits the top of their thigh, of the other person's thigh. They're pulling down. The knee's hitting the chest and the thigh hits their face and their head pops back. It looks like very dramatic. Their head snaps back. And people see, it. oh, they're being kneed in the face. No, they're not being kneed in the face. They got kneed in the chest and they duck their head down to the person's thigh. All right. So not much different than getting kicked in the head at that point. All right. Um, and that's something that is very important for people to understand when it comes into the elbows and stuff like that as well. Typically, there's like a class system. So like at the tournament we had this weekend, C-class does not have elbows. So no, no elbow pad or anything like that. But you can elbow below the body. Yes, you can. All right. Uh, I see Bransom over on TikTok says, I have my first tie match coming up in March. Any tips? Um, I will say this. You want to go get, uh, listen to an episode of the Pooh Muay Thai podcast where I did a three-part series where I read over my book for free for you called Preparing for Your First Muay Thai Fight. If you enjoy that podcast and you want to have the paperback, it is available direct, signed by me, uh, through our website, shop.pmtlifestyle.com. You can go to the link right here on TikTok as well. It's also down in the show notes if you listen to this later. And if you're on YouTube, it's down in the description, okay? Uh, preparing for Your First Muay Thai Fight. I released it in 2020 as a guide for everything to get prepared for your first fight, what you should expect mentally, physically, uh, spiritually, right? And what your training should look like, what we do for our academy and for our students and what to expect, your time expectations, your commitment level, all those things. All right. So Branson, I hope that answers your question on that. All right. Totally free. I did a whole three-part series on our podcast about that for you too. Okay. So go, go check that out. Getting back onto like some of the amateur stuff as well, um, you know the the round intervals are different. So they're two minute rounds instead of three minute rounds, 
right? Uh, the break in between rounds for professional, most professional for Muay Thai is two minute rounds. So like in the state of Arizona is two minute round. I believe in, I have to look in California, I believe it's only one minute, all right? <clears throat> Amateur is one minute break in between rounds. So, <coughs> sorry. Dealing with the post uh, tournament cold and hangover as we call it. Uh, Armand th says, what do you think is the best way to get in shape for an upcoming fight? Uh, Armand, the best way to get in shape for an upcoming fight is to train. 100% listen to your coach. If you want more specifics on it, like I said, I, I did a whole podcast on this for you guys. Um, for free. I read my book for free for you guys uh, on the Pu'u Muay Thai podcast. Uh, link is in our show notes. It's completely free on uh, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, it's free on uh, all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts as well. Completely 100% free. has a complete start-to-finish guide on everything from road work, body weight conditioning, dietary needs, mental prep, fight day prep, and post-fight prep too. All right? So I, I, I highly suggest you go check that out. And if you're listening to this too, go check that out as well. Preparing for your first Muay Thai fight by me. So it's free on our podcast. All right? Um... For the amateur stuff too, um, when it comes in the round intervals, typically three three minute, uh, all right, three two minute rounds. Professional typically five three minute rounds, two minute break in between. You're starting to see more and more three three minute rounds, two minute break in between, or one minute break in between, depending on the organization and the rules of the state that it's in, depending on the contract too. All right, so um, with that as well, there is another differentiation is. A pro gets paid to show up and fight. An amateur does not get paid to show up and fight. So some people do ticket commission. That is not you getting paid for your performance. You're literally selling tickets for an event, whether you fight or not. All right? So when you see those uh, for people, they ask me, like, how much money do you get paid to fight as an amateur? Uh, the goose egg. You get $0 for your performance. All right? Sponsors, things like that, endorsements, those come with time. You have to market yourself. Uh, my friend Matt Lucas talked a lot about this and our team uh, has been working on this since why we have the podcast as well as a platform for people uh, and kind of thinking about this too for people it's very important and if you're interested in learning more about content media I'm available for consulting uh, for anybody out there if you don't know I run a consulting company called Real Quick Design Consulting as well <clears throat> flying dog you said you get no money as a pro too for a long time i mean you you might be able to say that but you do get something uh, if you fight pro you get something now that something could be as small as 200 bucks uh whereas like the state of california to get your pro license is 1200 dollars minimum all right minimum and then you'll see some fight purses will be like 450 bucks so for anybody that's listening out there you might say hey the math isn't math right you're losing money Absolutely losing money. That doesn't even take into account the cost of your training, private lessons, dietary needs, travel, all that stuff too. You are 100% in the hole. So this is why it's important as an amateur, if you have aspirations to go pro, you learn how to get those sponsorships and endorsements early on so that way when that time comes, you don't have to worry about it as much. Okay, so that way you start building your audience now. With the great tools like TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, yo, it makes it much easier for us to do that, okay? So um, I, that's why I, I'm on here. I, you know, I love sharing and talking with people. Uh, I used to kind of scoff at it, 
But now that I see like the power of it and how you can use it to spread a good message in the like authentic content as opposed to shit content, right? I don't want to say shit content. No, not everybody's shit content. There's some great people. Gabriel Varga being one of them. Go check out Gabriel Varga's channel. Pro fighter, top level guy. Has some great shit out there. But not everybody knows who Gabriel Varga is, but there's some of these other clowns that are out there that people follow and they're not preaching the right stuff. And those used to be the people that I would get that content thrown in my face. Like, what about this, right? So I had to take it on myself to uh, figure out how to get more content out there for you guys. Uh, love Gabe Vargas is flying Dom. You like Canada? Canada, man, some good fighters that come out of Canada, man. Um, Canada Prime Minister? Oh, we can have a different conversation about that. But I'm going to save that for a different time. Uh, we can have a private convo about that. Uh, but I have a lot of friends up in Canada and stuff like that as well. We fought up there before. Uh, great fight community, great martial arts community and stuff like that too. Uh, and I believe in Toronto, they just uh, got Full Rules Muay Thai approved up there in that province. So in Ontario. So super good stuff up in Canada. Good for them. They've had great fighters. They've done great without it. So now they're going to have even better ones, right? Um, but... That's a little bit it for today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the Putin Muay Thai podcast. As always, if you have questions, go to podcast.putumuaythai.com. Just click the button that says submit question. If you have a shout out, if you have a coach that has gone above and beyond for you, and you, did, you think they just need some love immortalized here on the Putin Muay Thai podcast, you can clip it, make a nice for them, say, hey, coach, you should go listen to this episode. You can also do that as well. Because coaches do not get enough love. All right? Again, that's podcast.putumoitai.com. I'll see you guys soon. Sweaty cop. All right, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Putu Muay Thai podcast. If you enjoy the content, go leave a review over on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Give us a rating. It means the world to us. Also, if you want to be a guest on the Putu Muay Thai podcast, or if you just want to shout out to your friend, go check us out at podcast.putumoitai.com. You can submit to be able to be a guest on the podcast. You can submit what you want to talk about. Also, if you want to just give a shout out, there's a button for that too. So what do you cop?